When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome all to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm Justin Michael. And today we're talking a little bit of fantasy football. I am going to be one of the hosts for the DNVR Fantasy Football podcast, so I recommend you subscribe to that if you are into fantasy, which I'm sure plenty of you are. It's draft season, and with that in mind, I am going to go over the best fantasy football targets uh, for your team from Mountain West schools. You know, players like Michael Gallup, obviously. Players that have come out of the Mountain West, I think it's going to be a fun episode. Before we kind of dive into some of that, also going to talk about the situation with Josh Watson. Unfortunately, was cut by the Denver Broncos. Before I kind of get into that, you know, it's stressful trying to buy a house right now. If you've attempted this process, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The housing market in Colorado is crazy. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress and just take some of that worry off of your plate. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. Mike and Virginia are proud DNVR members, they're CSU alum, and they work nights and weekends to make sure their clients are getting the best loan for their situation. Right now, they have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. If you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You can also call Mike directly at 970-412-2472 or again, visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 191-0631. Cool, 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 cool. Love our friends over at Chevalier Mortgage. Let's talk Josh Watson here. Obviously really disappointed to see him get cut by the Denver Broncos. It's It's been a rough offseason, or not an offseason, it's been a, a rough preseason, I should say, for players that I covered at CSU. Obviously, BC Johnson went down with a torn ACL. He's out for the season. Warren Jackson gets cut by the Broncos, hasn't really broken out with the Vikings yet. You know, kind of hoping he lands on the practice squad at this point. Now Josh Watson gets the axe from Denver. It was a little surprising to me, just given that Denver doesn't have a ton of depth at inside linebacker. And he's one of the guys that's, you know, been on the roster over the last couple of seasons. So he's familiar with the system you know, knows what to do in Vic Fangio's defense. He played in 17 games over the last two years. Granted, primarily a a special teams guy. I mean, most of his impact came as a, you know, a gunner on kickoffs, but he was effective in that. I was, I was dapping him up or, you know, I don't know, hyping him up, I guess, for the way he performed in that first preseason game with the Broncos on special teams. Specifically, I talked about how he was flying all over the field, made some tackles, also thought he played really well in that in that role at inside linebacker. You know, I'll I'll be honest, I wasn't super high on Watson's pro potential coming out of CSU. That might sound a little crazy considering 
You know, he racked up about 300 tackles between 2016 and 2018. You know, 25 tackles for loss in his career at CSU. Three and a half sacks, couple of interceptions. I mean, he was a guy that definitely made plays for the Rams. I also felt like he had some tendencies to over-pursue. I felt like there were instances where he crashed a little aggressive and, and you know, CSU gave up big plays as a result. I don't really fault him, especially given the fact that those defenses just weren't that good and they kind of needed him to be that guy. I mean, he had 109 tackles his junior year, 130 his senior year. In 2018, he was just, you know, racking up massive numbers on a, on a defense that just wasn't very good. But I don't know. You know, I just I felt like there were times where he would maybe be a little bit out of position because he was pursuing a guy instead of, you know, covering his own responsibilities. You know, Rams would get gashed on for some big runs, some, you know, screen passes, stuff like that. But ultimately, he's a guy that's that's proven me wrong. And I'm happy about that. I was I was never rooting against Josh Watson or anything like that. I just thought it was going to be an uphill battle. But he's always been revered for his work ethic. I mean, the CSU coaches used to brag about him and talk about how hard he worked in the weight room, how hard he worked you know, on the practice field, it was always clear. I mean, the dude is built out of sheer muscle and he's an explosive athlete. You know, I'd say he has above average speed for most linebackers. I mean, he flies over the field. He can really lay the wood when he wants to. I'll always think back to some of those massive hits he threw while at CSU. So I, I, I don't think we've seen the last of Josh Watson in the NFL at this point. I mean, we, we might not have even seen the last of Josh Watson in Denver. I've mentioned it before that it's kind of a a song and dance when it comes to this preseason process, especially with journeyman guys or rotational players, you know, they get cut, then they get brought back and then they get cut, then they get brought back. You feel for those guys. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not rooting for Josh to be in a situation where he gets cut and brought back a bunch of different times, but it, it always is a possibility. You know, he could still end up back in Denver. Not sure what his practice squad eligibility is at this point, but I think he still has a little bit left. And then if not, you know, maybe he ends up being a guy that helps make an impact down the line. If you get another injury at at inside linebacker, we don't really know what's going to happen with Baron Browning at this point. Josie Jewell, his future is kind of up in the air at this point, I'd say. I mean, he's another guy that's kind of struggled to stay healthy a little bit. AJ Johnson, you don't know if Denver is going to lock him down long term. So it might not necessarily be the end of, of Josh Watson in Denver. That's what I'm saying. But I definitely don't think his NFL career is over at this point and I'm rooting for him. I mean, I'm rooting for all these former Rams, especially the guys that do it the right way. I always enjoyed covering Josh Watson. He wasn't, he wasn't the liveliest of interviews. I don't think he necessarily loves spending time with the local press and and not everyone does. And you, you can't take it personal. It's, it'd be probably pretty annoying to get your, your brain grilled after every practice, after every game. And he was one of the leaders on the defense. So he obviously had to do it quite a bit. But he was always polite. He was always really honest. And I always felt like he and I had a pretty good rapport. I felt like we got along. He gave me, you know, he never denied any of my interview requests or anything like that. He never gave me any standoff interviews where it's just one word answers or anything like that. A little bit quiet at times, but once you got him going, he would open up. And again, you know, I I enjoyed covering him. So I hope we haven't seen the end of Josh in the NFL. I doubt we have, but we'll just kind of have to see how this situation goes. With Watson getting the axe, though, it does make me wonder what Adam Prentice's future is with the Denver Broncos. He got a ton of looks in that first preseason game, running with Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, and then ultimately Brett Rippon, was really effective as a lead blocker. I mean, 
it wasn't just me that was complimenting Adam Prentice for his plays. If you look up some of the Broncos bloggers, I mean, they were revering and and raving over his ability to be a lead blocker as well. He's obviously built of muscle, like much like Josh Watson. Um, but he, di- he didn't get the looks in that second game, at least not in the same way. It was a lot of Andrew Beck. And I don't know, I'm just worried that because Andrew Beck can also play tight end, that versatility is going to win him a roster spot over Adam Prentice in the end, despite the fact that Adam Prentice is definitely, definitely a much better true fullback than Beck. When you watch those two lead blocking, it's it's night and day. I just don't know how much that matters to Pat Shermer. It should a lot because, you know, as we saw in that first game, especially when you run the ball effectively with and, and you're hoping to with Javante Williams and, and Melvin Gordon, it sets up the play action. I mean, the Broncos had some opportunities to really stretch the field, whether it's Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, you're going to have to have that capability and having a guy like Adam Prentice to, you know, secure the edge to be that last line of defense on play action plays or the lead blocker on running plays is a big advantage. You know, a lot of teams have gone away from it, but I'm, I'm a big proponent of the fullback, especially when you have somebody that's as intelligent as Adam Prentice is. Beyond that, you know, if you're ever in a pinch, he does give you the ability to carry the ball. Got some some looks with CSU in his final season. I always thought they should have ran him a little bit more, just considering, you know, he ran really hard and the dude was so big. I got to imagine he was tough to bring down. Doesn't have breakaway speed or anything like that, but a goal line situation or something, he, he totally could have been effective. He can catch the ball pretty well. They, they didn't do that enough as well either. He just brings you a lot of options. He's going to be effective on special teams. He can make tackles. He can block. I just really hope to see him make it. I mean, he's he's one of the good guys that have come through. I've already talked about in the past all the, the work that he did off of the field, all the, the charities and organizations he worked with, did a lot of things for children with disabilities. And you just got to love that. It's It's so easy to root for a guy like Adam that's really genuine. I I enjoyed covering him as well. You know, I talked about enjoying my interviews with Josh Watson, really enjoyed my interviews with Adam Prentice. He was just a down-to-earth guy, really honest, really kind, and uh, one of the good dudes. So we'll see what happens with him. He he could be a practice squad guy as well. When I was talking about the situation with Zach Stevens, who's one of our lead Denver Broncos beat reporters for DNVR, he mentioned about seven or 10 days ago that he feels Prentice will be a practice squad guy for Denver this year. And that's fine. You know, sometimes you have to be patient when you're an undrafted player, especially in a role like fullback. It's kind of all about timing. If they do decide to keep Andrew Beck, maybe he goes down and that gives Prentice an opportunity. Maybe they have a situation where they're lacking a running back, or maybe they just find they need a true fullback after a couple weeks. You just have to bide your time, be patient. And ultimately you will get that look. Prentice has the work ethic. He's obviously very, very intelligent. It would not surprise me if he ended up carving out a really nice NFL career. I mean, sometimes it's the guys that don't put up massive college stats that go on to to really perform well in the NFL. And sometimes the guys that put up massive numbers in college football aren't necessarily the best pro players. It's it's a little bit of a weird balance. But Prentice has more than shown that he's capable of, of playing and whether it ends up being on the Denver Broncos active roster, whether it ends up being a practice squad, or maybe it ends up being an active roster on a different team around the league, I would be very surprised if 32 coaches look at what he did in that first game and think, no, nah, I don't want that guy. Nope. I mean, nobody would want that on their team. It just, it wouldn't make sense to me. 
Again, though, we'll we'll just kind of have to wait and see. I know that's not a, a super satisfying response, but it is the truth, especially when it comes to to this type of thing. I mean, the the roster balance is it's a difficult decision for these general managers. I mean, you got to think about how much depth you have in the trenches, and you got to you know really consider if a fullback is worth it or not. You got to factor in how much the fullback is actually going to get used, and that's a decision that you know Pat Shermer is going to have to get together with Vic Fangio and kind of figure it all out. Again, I thought the offense looked best when they were using Prentice in that fullback role, but people get paid a whole lot more than me to evaluate this thing, so we'll see. All right, let's let's dive into fantasy football because I'm really itching to talk about all this. Had fun putting together all the pre-draft prep. I have kind of like the top five or six guys that are, are worth drafting from Mountain West schools, and then I also put together a list of just people that are worth keeping an eye on, guys that are worth adding you know, for roster depth, especially in deeper leagues, some guys that could potentially be worth adding, you know, if you have an injury down the line, all types of stuff like that. Um, I love fantasy football. I'm really looking forward to being a host on the fantasy football pod this year and interacting with all you. So if you have fantasy football questions, you know, make sure you throw them my way and I will answer them on that fantasy football pod. Before I get into some of this, though, the NFL, it's back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for week one. At $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season, you're going to receive $200 in free bets instantly. No matter what, take advantage of this limited-time offer now. They just ran the exact same promo, but for college football, if you missed out, you have an opportunity here to redeem yourself with the NFL. DraftKings DraftKings Sportsbook giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $1 bet or more on any week one game. All you got to do is head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus, you can make every game a big game with the same game parlay option. I know I'm going to have a lot of fun with that this fall. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. And again, you can get $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet or more on any week one NFL game. That promo code DNVR when you sign up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I also want to tell you guys about an upcoming show at Red Rocks that I am absolutely stoked for. Burt Kreischer is is coming to Red Rocks Amphitheater. AEG Presents is thrilled to announce that show on Wednesday, September 8th, 2021, coming up just around the corner. He's joined by Mark Normand. It's time to get your tickets. All you got to do is download the Red Rocks app before you visit, which you should have already done, to be honest, but it's a great app. It's so easy to purchase your tickets and, you know, attend all your favorite shows or concerts. Bert Kreischer happens to be one of my favorite stand-up comedians. I'm not just saying that. You know, it's it's not just a, a marketing ploy here. I genuinely do love him, Tom Segura, some of my favorite comedian or comedians around. He's an American stand-up comedian, actor, writer, and host. He performs to sell out crowds around the country. He's got multiple Netflix specials. He had a really funny... Um, he did this, like, nature retreat thing where he brought in stand-up comedians uh, in the pandemic really, really cool. Rolling Stone called him a rare and incredible talent. He's just hilarious. I mean, he does all kinds of dumb stuff where, you know, he dances without a shirt or whatever. He just, he doesn't take himself all that seriously. And I love that in a stand-up comedian. 
Download the Red Rocks app today. Grab your tickets to see Burt Kreischer with Mark Norman on September 8th at the best venue in the world. That's Burt Kreischer and Mark Norman at Red Rocks on Wednesday, September 8th. All ages are welcome. Sounds like an awesome way to have a pretty fun couple of weeks. Go to the Rams game on Friday night, September 3rd. Hit the Red Rocks show on the 8th. Hit Ag Day on September 11th. I mean, that would be a killer, you know, 10 days. Especially, you know, with the NFL games after that. You know, so killer eight, nine days. You know what I mean. Math is hard. Shout out Burke Reicher. Shout out AEG Presents. And shout out DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, let's let's dive into some of these fantasy football options. Um, I'm not going to get cute with it. I'll just, I'll just start with the best and, and work my way down. The number one fantasy option, I think this one is relatively obvious, is Devontae Adams, the wide receiver of the Green Bay Packers, former Fresno State Bulldog. He's been one of the most consistent players in the NFL over the last half decade. The dude just puts up massive numbers, 115 plus targets in each of the last five seasons, double-digit touchdowns in four of the last five, including 18 in 2020. Just absurd numbers, an absurd catch radius. Definitely Aaron Rodgers' favorite target to stretch the field with, but he's not just a big play guy, very consistent. You know, he's the guy, if it's third medium, they're looking for Devontae Adams. If they need a touchdown, they're looking for Devontae Adams. He is Aaron Rodgers' right-hand man. He's my number two wide receiver behind Tyreek Hill of Kansas City, but it was really hard for me. Adams has been my number one guy each of the last four uh, fantasy football seasons. My only hesitation this year is just kind of the uncertainty of the future with the organization. Him and Aaron Rodgers, you know, both kind of wanted out. I don't know what that's going to look like. I ultimately still expect both of them to put up great numbers this year. I mean, honestly, it's if they want out, it's basically an audition. Not that they need to, to prove their skills, but it's just kind of further proof of what they can do. And if they want to stay, you know, they need to put up big numbers in order to lock down the, the massive contract that obviously every NFL player is is looking to secure. I'm really excited to see what Devontae Adams can do. He's a guy that I would absolutely love to see in Denver someday. But right now, he is my number one fantasy target out of the Mountain West. My number two target is Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills quarterback. I know CSU fans, not big Josh Allen fans, given what he did against the Rams during his college career. But he's my number two quarterback on my board, and, and that's a big jump. You know, putting him over guys like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. That was a tough decision for me, but he's made steady improvement in each of his last three seasons. After completing 52.8% of his passes as a rookie in 2018, he completed 58.8 in 2019. Last year, took it to a new level, 69.2% passer, 4,544 yards, about 1,500 more than the year before, 17 more touchdowns, finished with 37 touchdowns, only 10 interceptions. He was awesome. I mean, if, if you want to sit up here and, and be a hater just because of the, the college football rivalry, I get it. The border war, it's all about hating each other. But when it comes to, to fantasy football, you just want to win. You just want the best players available. And Josh Allen, with the targets that he has at wide receiver, obviously Stephon Diggs, one of the best to do it. I really like the addition of Emmanuel Sanders. He's a guy who, he's, his entire career, he's played with good quarterbacks. And that's smart. I mean, if you're a wide receiver, if you're dependent on having somebody get the football to you, you might as well play with the best of the best. Sanders has had a keen ability, you know, going from prime Roethlisberger to Peyton Manning to, to Drew Brees. He's always just kind of been in a situation where he's had a killer quarterback. 
now he's in that same situation with Buffalo. I think they're going to really stretch the field. I mean, they've just got so many big play options. They've got a ton of speed. Isaiah McKenzie, Stephon Diggs can move. It's just an electric offense, and I think Josh Allen is is in for a big year. I mean, he might come down to earth a little bit in terms of some of those numbers. They were really, really elite last season, but even so, I think he's going to be a, a top three or four quarterback in the NFL for sure, and that's why he is number two on my list. Number three, CSU fans are going to like this one, Michael Gallup. He's a top 30 fantasy football wide receiver for me. He is Dallas's number three option behind CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, and having them on the field certainly hurts his fantasy potential. Same goes for Zeke Elliott. I mean, that's three really talented players that can all scoop up a bunch of touchdowns, and ultimately that's what you're hoping for when it comes to production from your fantasy wide receivers. It's you know not just about nostalgia and who you like rooting for. It's about who gets in the end zone. But he still managed to get 100-plus targets in each of the last two seasons, 11 touchdowns over that span. He's a guy that I think has the potential to be you know, an 8-10 to 10 touchdown a year type guy. Certainly could be more in the right scenario, but just given how stacked Dallas is, I think he often gets, gets slept on. He's kind of been Dallas's big play guy. CeeDee Lamb did kind of steal that from him a little bit last year, but those guys are going to command a lot of attention, and I think... If you're putting a a number three corner on somebody like Michael Gallup, that's going to be a pretty tough assignment. I mean, he's a guy that can eat up the best of them. And because of that, I still think he's definitely worth drafting, you know, a mid-round selection. And uh, I love Gallup. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does with the Cowboys. The only thing you're a little bit worried about in that scenario outside of, of the other talented options that Dallas has at the skill position is, you know, the health of Dak Prescott kind of some questions about that moving forward. So monitor the situation, but assuming Dak is healthy, Gallup should eat this year. All right, at number four, I've got Las Vegas Raiders quarterback Derek Carr. He's probably between number, I don't know, like 21, 26 in terms of fantasy quarterbacks that I would want. I do think he's a solid number two option with pretty decent upside. I mean, the Raiders have big play potential. Carr throws a nice deep ball. They have, you know, they drafted Henry Ruggs, obviously, out of Alabama. They want to move the field. Gruden's an aggressive guy. They want to be able to attack and, you know, run the ball effectively and then, you know, stretch the field with their wide receivers. Kind of much like what CSU wants to do this year, if we're being honest. I think there's some similarities in what Steve Adazio emphasizes and what John Gruden emphasizes as a coach just ball control and all that type of stuff. But um, I think Derek Carr's a little bit underrated, you know? I think especially here, just because the the Broncos-Raiders rivalry, and I get it, you know, I've been going to Broncos games my whole life. But I think Derek Carr has potential again. He's not a guy that I would want as my every week fantasy football starting quarterback, but as your number two guy, fill-in guy every now and then when your starter's got a bad matchup or is on his bye week, certainly worth selecting. At number five, I have Preston Williams, the Miami Dolphins wide receiver, obviously former CSU Ram and Tennessee volunteer. When healthy, he's been the big play target for Miami over the last couple of seasons, and he's been pretty productive in that role. 95 targets over the last couple of years, 50 receptions, 716 yards, and seven touchdowns. I mean, the 50 catches, seven touchdowns, and 16 games over the last two seasons that's worth a late round pick, especially on a deeper roster. You're just a little bit concerned about 
his ability to stay on the field. I mean, injuries were, they've been a problem for him over the last couple of years. He, he did recently get activated from the, you know, unable to perform list from the Dolphins. We haven't seen him yet this year. But even so, I, I think he's worth a late round pick. I think he's worth storing on your roster and just kind of monitoring the situation. I like the Dolphins as a team to be sneaky, sneaky good. And I think Tua's in for a big year this year. I'm, uh, I'm intrigued to see what Preston does. At number six, we've actually got another Miami Dolphin, former New Mexico Lobo kicker, Jason Sanders. Now, <laughs> I know kickers aren't sexy. I personally wait till the second to last round or last round to draft a kicker in defense. But he's been really consistent, hit 87% of his field goal attempts over the last three years, coming off of a career year where he hit 36 of 39 field goals last year. That's 93%. You love that. But what you really love is that he hit eight of nine attempts from 50 plus yards. The money kicks, you know, the the ones that are going to get you big points. Generally speaking, it's pretty ideal kicking situation in Miami. It's warm weather. You know, sometimes you got to worry about rain, but at least you're not kicking a, a frozen football or something like that. Most of the time, you're going to be kicking in the sunshine. He's a really solid kicking option. Again, you know, you're, you're not going to take a kicker until late in the draft, or at least you you shouldn't, in my opinion. But if you are looking for one, Jason Sanders, the former UNM Lobo, great option. So those are kind of the, the best options for your, your fantasy football draft. Here are a couple other guys that are kind of worth considering, you know, maybe storing on your roster for depth it depends on how deep your league is obviously how deep your rosters go but alexander mattinson the backup running back for the minnesota vikings came out of boise state a couple of years ago he's been a really solid contributor for the vikes 196 carries for 896 yards average 4.6 yards per carry over the last two seasons three rushing touchdowns not a ton of production and obviously you know dalvin cook is going to be their bell cow guy I have Dalvin Cook as my running back one on my fantasy board and my number one fantasy football target overall. But Madsen's a guy that's gotten on the field quite a bit. I mean, he also has 23 catches and a receiving touchdown. His production did decrease at the end of the season last year as they, you know, really leaned on Dalvin Cook, who just had a tremendous year last year. But he did get 21 carries in the season finale versus Detroit. So so it shows that they trust him. And you just never know in the NFL. It's a 17-game season. The odds of Dalvin Cook playing all 17 games, probably not that high, at least in the modern league. It seems like everybody misses at least a game or two. We shall see, but potentially worth, you know, adding and, and you know, being like a backup running back. Again, you don't want to have to lean on these guys as the starters, but these are just kind of depth pieces. Same goes for running back Rashad Penny in Seattle. He was a monster for the Aztecs. I mean, that dude ate up CSU in his college career. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy since being a surprise first-round pick in 2018. He's only played in 13 games over the last two years, three last year. If he ever does figure it out, he's going to be dangerous. I mean, he's that got those long legs. He's fast in the open field, kind of the home run hitting type running back. And I think that's what Seattle was hoping for when they drafted him. You already have a great quarterback in Russell Wilson. Now you give him a, a back to kind of move the chains and you know make some plays in the open field. If he stays healthy, you know, he's probably going to be the number two back in Seattle. Could be worth, you know, storing late on your roster. But at this point, I would probably advise staying away from him and just kind of seeing how it goes. If you get an injury, maybe you pick him up on the waiver wire or something like that. Wide receiver Richard Higgins in Cleveland. Him and Baker Mayfield have an awesome rapport. And, And I really do think that there's potential for this to be 
Richard's best season yet. After only getting 11 targets in 2019, he had 52 in 2020, tied his career high with four touchdowns. I think he's worth a late round pick, you know, unlike Rashad Penny or, you know, running back Brian Hill in Atlanta, who might be worth a roster spot if they have an injury or if you're in a crazy deep league. He had 100 carries for one rushing touchdown last year. But the the thing that hurts Rashard is just they have so many other guys. You've got Nick Chubb and you've got Kareem Hunt in the backfield. They run the ball a lot, especially in the red zone. And again, it's all about touchdowns when it comes to fantasy football. And then they have also, you know, got OBJ and Jarvis Landry, who they're paying a whole lot of money to and are going to force targets to. Again, you know, they they did kind of show that they're willing to lean on Richard a little bit at times last year. He seems to be doing doing well in camp. He's getting featured in a lot of social media posts. And, and him and Baker do have a great relationship. And because of that, I do think Richard is worth a late-round pick, especially in deeper leagues. But, you know, 75 catches or something this season would be awesome to see. I'm, I'm hoping he can lock down a, a long-term contract and finally get paid. It's long overdue. But at this point, you know, Richard probably not taking him before, you know, the second to last round or something like that, or, you know, potentially just signing him as a free agent later. Again, a lot of these decisions come down to how many teams are in your league, how deep the rosters go. You know, you got like a 20 team roster, then he's probably worth stashing. If you've only got, you know, like a 16 team roster or something like that, or 16 man roster, you know, probably not worth taking at all. It's all situational. Just running through a couple other guys, uh, John Hightower, former Boise State wide receiver, now plays for the Eagles, had 10 catches for 167 yards last year. Did have 29 targets, which is encouraging. Speedy guy, big play potential. One of the things that really concerns me about him, though, is that he only got 20, I mean, 29 targets is decent for like a number five wide receiver, but five of those were interceptions. You know, so of the 29 times they targeted, the opposing defense intercepted it five times, also had three drops. You know, you like his big play potential, but Philly's also just such a disaster right now. I I would just kind of shy away from Eagles in general. And, and I love Jalen Hurts, but that's not a not a good situation in Philly right now. Uh, Cedric Wilson, Dallas Cowboys, number four wide receiver, former Boise State Bronco. He had 17 catches for 189 yards and two touchdowns last year. He's likely not worth having unless your roster is, is crazy large. Again, he's a guy that'll, you know, every now and then pop with a, a decent game, but they just have so many other options that are more reliable in Dallas. And I think because of that, probably not worth drafting in the end. Uh, Rico Gafford, wide receiver, Las Vegas Raiders, former Poke, hasn't done much yet, but he is an explosive offense, has uh, scored a touchdown in preseason the other night. You know, maybe keep an eye on him. And the last guy, probably, I don't know. I think he's worth storing on your roster, especially in a deep league. Tight end Jacob Hollister, you know, if you don't get one of the top three or four tight ends, the production is relatively similar after that. And Hollister, he's been a guy that's been able to pop at times, 65 catches, six touchdowns over the last two years. It's just been inconsistent. I mean, I think he's probably worth storing on your roster as your second tight end. Again, you don't want to have to rely on him on a week-to-week basis because his production has been really spotty. But he's a good guy to watch out for. And if he is a free agent in your league, you know, like a month into the season, if your production at tight end isn't cutting it. You know, maybe you add him and you storm on your roster or if you have an injury or something like that. I like the former Pokes game, you know, said a lot of nice things about Josh Allen. Now I'm complimenting Hollister as well. Feels feels sacrilegious, but I do. 
And uh, the last guy I'm, I'm going to mention before wrapping it up here is just Jordan Love, Green Bay Packers, backup quarterback at the moment. But we never know what's going to happen. I mean, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, we know that relationship is icy at best. If it, you know, they get off to a slow start, maybe Rodgers refuses to play or there can always be an injury. You just want to monitor what happens with the former Utah State Aggie. And if you're in a dynasty league, a situation where you get to, you know, keep some guys, he potentially could be worth taking in that scenario and just storing for the future. It depends on, you know, how far in the future you want to kind of build your team. All right, that's all we have for today's podcast. I am going over to the Blake Street Tavern this afternoon. I'm going to have a, it's a, the media luncheon. So they'll have coaches from CSU, CU, Air Force, Northern Colorado. They will all be there. Really looking forward to the football season. Obviously, we've got the season opener coming up, and I cannot wait. Got some cool written pieces I've been saving uh, for next week. Really looking forward to getting those out. I did just publish about a 1,600-word feature on Scott Patchen, his decision to return, and what his mindset is going into his final season of college football. Really humble guy. I mean, over virtual interviews last year, he didn't come... He didn't come through as quite so personable, but after being around him in, in person, you know, at Canvas Stadium, it's just, he's got an, he's got an aura about him. You know, he's a natural leader, really, really confident. And I genuinely love talking with him. Got to spend about 20 minutes with him. And I was really appreciative of CSU for making that happen on media day. Um, so yeah, you know, become a DNBR member. Now we've got the Trey McBride shirt dropping soon. The David Roddy shirt will drop before hoop season as well. Shout out team DNBR. Uh, I'm Justin Michael. This is the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. I hope you are having a wonderful week. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I